You're listening to Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz, part of CKCC Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. And now your host, Jeff Trelowitz. And welcome to episode 19 of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. My name is Jeff. Thank you for tuning in once again. And as always, we are the home of all things spooky here on CKCC Radio. Now, we are getting closer and closer to Halloween. We are just about a month and a half away. No idea if Halloween is actually going to happen this year, but that's a completely different story. But I wanted to do something just a little bit different. Instead of talking about a famous haunting or my own investigation, one of the things that I want to do on this podcast is to break down episodes of paranormal television. So I sat down to take a look at one of my favorite episodes of the original Ghost Hunters, and we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to give my insight from uh, my experiences at this location, because we're going to talk about the St. Augustine Lighthouse, because it is awesome. Now this episode aired all the way back in May 3rd, 2006. It is episode 19 of season 2. The five members of the team that went down were Jason, Grant, Steve, Brian Hornois, and Dustin Perry. Now, the episode actually starts with the team gathered with Donna to get a history lesson of the St. Augustine Lighthouse. We find out about some of the tragic deaths that have happened, and we then learn that Donna can't go. We don't know why. They didn't really say. She's just like, I'm sorry, I can't go, as... You know, they dismiss the meeting. From there, we see uh, Brian and Steve go downstairs to meet with Ron Malone, who is creating new technology. He's adjusted a new Geiger counter to be used in the ghost hunting field. And the long drive to Florida begins as they leave snowy Rhode Island. Now, obviously, the episode aired in in May, but was not filmed then, so I would guess it was probably January or February. Uh, now we're going to start with some of the timestamps. So it's Saturday at 5.33. They're meeting with Paul, the Director of Education of the Lighthouse. We learn that it's 219 steps up. Uh, this episode deals with a lot of Steve's fear of heights. And so we'll, we'll get more into that as we go on. But during the tour, he was very hesitant to actually climb the lighthouse because of his fear of heights uh because it was daylight he was able to make it all the way to the top and then there is a walkway on the outside of the lighthouse where some hauntings have been seen as well he would not go out so whenever paul was talking to jason and grant on the outside of the lighthouse you would just see steve kind of peer his head out and then quickly dart back in and then we get a little bit of comedy. And I almost feel bad for Brian Harnois for this one. At 7.37, they start the setup. Brian is told to put the wireless audio on the fourth level. He does. And then they tell him, no, Jason wants it all the way to the top. So he has to make his second trip into the lighthouse, bring it all the way to the top, all 219 steps. He gets back down. Grant tells him that there is some battery issues and that it should have been tested first. 
So he now has to go into the lighthouse for the third time to change the batteries. Comes down, they tell him, why did you put it all the way up top? He explains that that's what everyone else told him to do, and they said, no, it's too tinny, it's too much static. Uh, you have to bring it back to where you originally had it. So he now has to climb the lighthouse for the fourth time. Now, granted, on the first trip, he only went probably, you know, a quarter of the way up. But having done that lighthouse, I would not want to have to climb up and down those steps in such a short length of time. So, like I said, I actually feel bad for him at that point. The actual investigation begins with Brian and Steve in the basement of the uh, lighthouse keeper's house. Dustin has now joined them as well. They get their first bit of evidence when they hear a female voice. They each heard it, but it was coming from a different direction, so they couldn't actually pinpoint where the voice was. It's now 9.25, and we see Jason and Grant in the lighthouse itself. They set up a camera at the bottom of the lighthouse looking up to just in case something leans over the rails. Probably a good thing that they did. Then they debunk one of the uh, major stories that was told to them on the tour. That the sound of the bucket that is on the first major landing can be heard throughout the building even when nobody's touched it. Now that bucket is there to simulate what the lighthouse keepers had to carry up and down. Uh, I, I've told this story before. I've picked up that bucket. I set it down. And about 30 seconds later, I heard it crash down again. Now, I believe that what happened with me was I didn't set it down properly in the correct uh, grooves of the of where it was. But for all I know, it could have been something else. Well, Jason and Grant realize that there's a uh, window right there that is being blocked by a sandbag. If that sandbag is removed and the window slams shut, it has the same sound effect. So they feel that that's close enough of an investigation or is to, to disprove that sound. Three hours into the investigation, Steve is still in the uh, house. We get a rundown of everything that Steve is afraid of and why he won't go into the lighthouse at night. And it's understandable. As he puts it, he's afraid of heights, bugs, bats, spiders, snakes. And as he is been known to say on more than one occasion it seems that the only thing he's not afraid of is ghosts. He does bring out Ron's Geiger counter and gets a spike in the middle of the room which he cannot explain. 11.38pm we are now in the tower with Jason and Grant. Jason thinks he sees something a couple of uh, flights up. Grant hears talking. Jason says hello to get a reaction but hears nothing as far as an, uh, a voice but they do hear footsteps above them. Now, at 11.57, they hear a girl's voice. Now, it's important to remember that Donna is not with them. There are no females on the crew. They continue up the stairs, and the voices get louder. It actually sounds like a full conversation now. It's not just one of those times where only Jason and Grant can actually hear what's happening. We, as the viewers, can actually hear it as well. Now, it's not enough that you can make out what they're saying but you could definitely hear conversations inside at one point grant sees something they rush up another level of another level and jason sees it block out one of the windows they both see a figure lean over the railing now they want to try something so jason gives grant the flashlight to make sure nothing comes off the landing and jason then continues to chase it up 
Jason cannot find what they were going after, so Grant joins them. As they are talking, they do hear another voice. This time the female is clear, saying, help me. The search continues at 12.37 a.m. The motion lights go off as Jason and Grant have now reached the top of the lighthouse, but nothing is up there. The only two doors at the top are padlocked from the inside, so whatever they saw completely disappeared. There's no way or nowhere for anyone to have gone. Jason and Grant decide it's time to let Dustin and Brian into the, house, into the lighthouse at 2.02 a.m. They start to hear the same voices saying, help me. Brian then sees movement as they run up the stairs. At about 2.36, Brian sees the shadow block out the light as well. Dustin does too. He said something moved across the window. Whatever shadow they see isn't going up, but coming down towards them. At one point, Brian says the figure is two flights above them. And that's when they see a gigantic ball of light. Now, I, watching this episode, did not see the ball of light. Maybe I was not paying enough attention. I don't know. Six minutes later, at 2.42, Jason and Grant are now in the uh, lighthouse keeper's house with a thermal camera. They think they see something on the thermal, but can't figure it out. About an hour later, at 3.33, Jason and Grant sit down with Steve to tell them what they saw in the lighthouse. They want to talk to him about their experience to try to convince him to go to check it out himself. He's hesitant, but agrees to. It looks like he tries to actually go alone. And he tries, and he gets a couple flights up, but his fear makes it impossible. So Grant and Jason agree to go with them. Now... I've been to the lighthouse, I want to say, three or four times. I've never tried doing it in the dark. It can be dis disoriented or disorienting to do it in daytime. So I can understand what Steve is going through. So now the three of them are in the lighthouse and they Im immediately hear footsteps on the landing above them. Slowly they start to go up, giving uh, Steve a chance to adjust. The three of them see something looking down from the two big landings above them. Steve does, a, does see a shadow at one point as he made his way to the top. But by now, the sounds and the shadows have stopped. The breakdown of the equipment starts as Brian describes to Steve what he saw. They say goodnight to Paul and drive back to the hotel. And now, a word from our sponsor. This segment's brought to you by Everything Comes Full Circle by Jeff Trelowitz. When a small New England high school finally gets their own auditorium, what better way to celebrate than bringing back the cast of the most successful show in their history? It's been nine years since they were together, but it's easy to fall into the same patterns when you're with the right people. Everything Comes Full Circle by Jeff Trelowitz. Now, I may be slightly biased, but that book sounds awesome, and I think you should go over to Amazon and buy it right now. Now... All right, well, it was worth the shot. Back to the episode of Ghost Hunters. So, it's now Tuesday at 7.17 a.m., and they're up early to start analyzing all the evidence. The first bit of analysis is the shadow leaning over the railing, which was found by Steve. Brian also caught a different clip of the shadow that blocks out a few lights and then runs off. Later in the afternoon, it's now 5.30 on Tuesday, we see Jason and Grant's reaction to the two clips. Grant is, is, is ecstatic because that's exactly what he saw with his own eyes, and he's glad that they also have video proof of it. We now cut to the next... Eh, 
We now cut to the next day on Wednesday for the reveal. They let Paul hear the Help Me audio. We also see his reaction to the two clips that Steve and Brian caught. Paul asks how many spirits he thinks, or he asks how many spirits there are. And Jason said that there's unfortunately no way for them to be able to know that. Paul was a skeptic before the episode aired, but having seen the evidence for himself, he is now starting to believe. So that pretty much wraps up this episode of Ghost Hunters. Like I said, it's one of my favorite episodes. A, because I love the location. B, it's because of the evidence they found. Uh, it's not the only episode there in St. Augustine. Uh, the next episode is dedicated to half of an episode of The Old Jail, which I've talked about as well. By now, Donna has joined them because there's absolutely no reason for them to go all the way back up to Rhode Island and then come back down with Donna. Um, I kind of want to check out the timestamps on that one to see if it fits where, like I said, they, they started on a Friday and then wrapped up on a Thursday. So they definitely did more than one investigation. So... That will wrap up this episode of Real Paranormal Talk. I hope you enjoyed my review of the episode. Again, thank you so much for listening to Real Paranormal Talk. There is an there is so many great episodes that you can listen to here on on CKCC Radio, starting with the newest, most popular show on the network. Check out Nerd Table. Uh, great interview last week, and there'll be a new episode tomorrow morning. There's also Wrestle Talk. There is the Stupid Sexy Podcast. There is the Race Nerd Podcast. There's my other show, which will air next week, Ranking Tracks, where I'm going to discuss the Backstreet Boys. That should be a fun and interesting episode as well. There is... And speaking of new episodes, tomorrow there will be a new Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton, who is also an excellent travel agent, by the way. So check out Motivational Moves the first Monday of every month. And there's also the Bored to Death Bingecast, breaking down episodes in easy-to-digest binge-watching. So thank you for listening to Real Paranormal Talk. My name is Jeff. Have a good one, everybody, and happy Labor Day. If you are lucky enough to have the day off, congratulations. I'm not.